Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ourselves in yet another episode of the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I am Dennis Farrell, and he's my co-host, and some may even say life partner, P.D. Williams. <laughs> How's she going, eh? What's what's going on? What's You have been very quiet. We haven't talked a lot this week. What's been going on? Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm still coming down from this entrance music right here. I mean, it, it, it gets me pumped up. Every single time I hear it, probably because it's the, my national anthem. But do I need new entrance music? I mean, I've been using the same st- stuff for like, I mean, I went off and on on entrance music. But, man, that, that was like from 2004. And it still pumps me up, man. Like, geez. Can I, but, yeah. Um, can I give a spoiler up? alert? Yeah. We will have new entrance music soon. I don't know when. But our oh. our good friend, Joe Hendry is going to make us our own theme song. Oh, man. he and That's going to be good. I, I mean, so. I'm excited to hear it. So, I mean, wow. Okay, that's that's big news. And, that's big news. And, you know, I'll tease. We have an interview coming up uh, from when we were in Windsor. We're not going to play it until those set of the tapings hit TV. It'll make more sense that way. But I that I'm sitting on this. There are two interviews I'm sitting on. You know, Desmond Xavier was hot. I loved it. I'm I'm sitting on Mr. Adventure. I cannot wait for this one to drop. Oh, Stone Rockwell, man. That's going to – I don't even know how to describe that interview. It's like no other interview we've ever done before. Um, you know, minus the – well, it, probably because we were all dressed like Indiana Jones. But um, you, you can't see that over, you know – Right. Just, just there was no video, just audio. Um, but yeah, that 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 one's interesting. We're gonna release. Um, yeah, I'll, gonna, I'll leave it at that. We'll leave, we'll release that one as a standalone, just because there's a little bit of dicey language in there, and I, I know we have a lot of younger fans, so we'll kind of warn people ahead of time. Hey, kids in the room, this might not be the interview you want to listen to, but don't worry, it, we're not going to drop it in the middle of a friendly, family friendly show. And then the Joe Hendry, I am super pumped up about that. Yeah, I'm 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 pumped about the Joe Hendry. And most, well, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to talk about it. We could talk about it before we air it. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but you know why I was excited. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the Stone Rockwell one. I mean, we got to call that one. Maybe we should start another wrestling perspective podcast called the Wrestling Perspective Podcast, like uh after dark or something something like that something they do like on those hbo specials or whatever well let's let's just start off with saying welcome to the wrestling perspective podcast as i said he's pd williams i'm dennis farrell you can head over to wrestlingperspectivepodcast.com get this 
and the Dugcast, hosted by myself and James Ellsworth. That's also a very good podcast to listen to. Two podcasts, one feed. Go over to iTunes and subscribe. PD, I've been sending you a couple pictures lately. Somehow, there's no rhyme or reason, but just every once in a while, I'll check or I'll get a text message, and it shows us like in the top 10, top 15, top 20 in iTunes rankings. Yeah, I mean, at one point, I believe a couple months ago, like I think we were up to like number two. Remember, I sent you that picture that one time. I'm like, what's what's going? Like, what's causing all this? Like, what's going on here? And then we'll go to like a hundred. Yeah, and then we'll be back up at number eleven. Like, I mean, yo, I don't yo. even know how they rank this or, or or whatever. But you know, I thank you to everybody that downloads, listens, uh, subscribes, gives five star ratings. That that helps us. It, it truly does. And we appreciate it. We're not just on iTunes, so if you listen elsewhere, you can go over to the website and take the wrestling perspective anywhere you want to go. Before we talk about this week's Impact Wrestling, can we talk a little bit about something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson? Uh, before I'll, say, I'll preference this with I'm a fan of the podcast. Conrad has been very good to me, has, you know, all in and, you know, StarCast. Bruce Pitcher, don't know anything about him. You've worked with him. I enjoy his part yep. of the podcast. They just did something to wrestle with or something else to wrestle with on the WWE Network, and it covered AJ Styles' time in TNA, which, once again now, for whatever the reason, I'm 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 dulled to the fact that TNA stuff is now popping on the network. Like, the first one or two times, I'm like, oh, what's going on? Now it's like, eh, they're back up there again. Yeah, and I th- and that's what it is. Like at first, somebody mentions it. You're like, oh, they said it. They said the word that's like taboo or, or whatever they're talking about. And then, yeah, you know, I I remember when like one of my buddies one time when AJ Styles did the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, they threw a picture of uh, AJ Styles drop kicking me, and then my buddy was like, hey, you, and I watched that podcast. I didn't see it. Right, my buddy was like, hey, you're on, uh, you're on the Stone Cold podcast, and I'm like, oh, I am. I said, I, I watched it. It was a good podcast. And he's like, yeah, stop it at like whatever he said, like 10 minutes and 32 seconds. And then I was like, all right. So I go back through, I look at it and I'm like, huh, they're at, like, I didn't even notice me like on there uh, when I was watching, probably because I was like so interested in whatever story he was telling. Um, yeah, but nowadays, and it's only been like probably a, a few months, maybe a little bit longer since they first mentioned TNA or impact or whatever. And now it's like, yeah, you know, I, I work there. Like it, it's, it's almost insulting the intelligence of the fans when you just totally disregard what he did for the first, I don't know. Like he, he's obviously like whatever, 40 years old or getting close to it. It's like, Oh, is he a brand new wrestler started wrestling two years ago or no? They talk like, what did he do for the first 20 years? So, it's good that they're not insulting our intelligence of the fans because they know the fans are smarter. They can look at it and they're like, why aren't they mentioning this? And they're like, you know what? Let's just mention it. Get it out of the way. Keep mentioning it. So people don't even care that we mention it anymore. And we just be like, yeah, this is what he did in the past. Okay, great. And it's done. I've got a couple tweets. I'm sure someone's reached out to you in that podcast and I've not listened to it. I'm going to preference this. And it's probably okay. not the smartest thing to repeat without doing your homework. But for the sake of entertaining podcasts, let's say yep. what we heard was 100% too, true. That 
I love Bruce, it. Do it. That Bruce Pritchard said AJ Styles was difficult to work with. Now, yeah, yeah, okay. You have a friendship with him. You've been by mm-hmm. his side. Uh, the major would you say the major majority of your wrestling career has been spent with AJ Styles in some capacity or close to it? Um when I was working like under contract with Impact, I mean, yeah, I, dressing in the same locker room and stuff, traveling with them, working them. I mean, I can't even I don't even know how many times I've wrestled him. Um, Yeah, and I mean, to me, he was never difficult to work with. Now, that was prior to, you know, Pritchard getting there. And now, you know, you got to remember when Pritchard got there, when I was leaving, and he got in like, I don't know when he started, 2010. I I don't know. Um, But a lot of other guys were coming into the company, like – you know, like the Hulk Hogan's and stuff like that. So maybe AJ was like, and I could see this happening. Like AJ's the, always been the face of TNA since I could remember when I started there. Like he was their guy, their their poster boy, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you know, I I don't know how much he got paid, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming when they bring in Hulk Hogan or whoever, they're getting paid more than AJ. It take a spot. and I'm like, uh, yeah. And so I'm assuming AJ's like, what? Come on, man. Like, what's going on? Maybe, and I don't know this, but maybe he did become a little bit more difficult to work with just to protect his own, you know, income, his own well-being, you know, supporting his family and stuff like that. If if they're saying he was difficult to work with because he didn't want to go with certain storylines, I mean, I know that they teamed him with Ric Flair for a while. I think they mentioned that something like that on the podcast and they want to dye his hair blonde and wear robes and all that kind of stuff. Now, let me tell you, I don't know. I, I don't know why they wanted that. Maybe to give, okay. I know why they want AJ to get the rub from Ric Flair. I, I don't, I feel, okay. I feel like if you dress AJ styles up like Ric Flair, it just makes AJ styles look like he's secondary to Ric Flair, that Ric Flair is the man. When in reality, if you really want to build a character or, or a person, you don't have him like dress like Ric Flair or whatever the case may be. You have him like beat Ric Flair in the center of the ring. Like I'm better than you. Like I know he's like a 16 time world champion. He's, you know, people say he's the, the, one of the best wrestlers to ever live. Well, have AJ beat him in the middle of the ring. That's how you make him. And so I don't know why they would want to dress him up like that. Like when they dress me up like Steiner. I was about to bring like, that up. Like, hey, little yeah. pump. What what's the difference then? The, here's the difference. The difference is AJ Styles has always been, you know, the guy in TNA. When I got the Steiner gimmick, I was, and I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast. We probably have, but um, when Vince Russo got the book, um, you know, Vince Russo was like, "Hey, you know, um, we're gonna start having you embrace America." Okay, sure, yeah, whatever. Well, let's do that. I knew it wasn't gonna work because I mean, it's just not. I, I, I'm not. Like back when I was living in Canada, I'm not like super Captain America, pro America. Like it's just, it's totally, it's 100% opposite, 180 degree turn from what I've been doing my entire career. People aren't going to buy it. It's not going to feel genuine and I'm not going to feel genuine doing it. And then I was off TV for like six months and Vince Russo came up to me and was like, Hey, you know, you got to come up with a character pretty much. It was almost like a do or die kind of thing. And I was like, all right. And then I came up with the Maple Leaf muscle thing. And then. 
of course, you know, Vince, uh, Vince liked it. And then when Russo gets his hands on something, he's like, oh, a light bulb goes off and he said, you know, it'd be great is if you and Steiner were a team and stuff. And they, they had me wearing the chain mail and all that stuff. So I took it upon myself. They didn't ask me to dye my hair. You know, they asked the, like, if I want, actually, they didn't even ask me if I wanted to shave my head. Steiner brought it up because we were kind of come up with like stuff on our own, like, Hey, let's have him like let, let's let's do all this initiation stuff with him. Like he's gonna shoot me with a paintball gun and and you know drown me in water and all stuff you pretty much can't do on TV anymore. Um, I like drove on the hood of his car and stuff, which we got in like huge trouble from Universal Studios with. Um, and then Steiner was like, "Hey, you know, how about we shave your head?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm down with that." In, and then um, the, wait, wait in the vein, yeah. in the vein of Conrad Thompson asking Bruce Pritchard to do one of his impressions, I'm going to rip them off right now and ask you to what would it sound like if if Scott Steiner were to ask Petey Williams to shave his head? Um, you know, Petey, your hair looks stupid and Canadian. It needs to be shaved like mine, like an American or something like that. I don't know. Like he would say something like that. He, he'd make fun of Canada and he'd say, call me stupid. And oh, he probably mentioned something about my wife too. I don't know. Like, that's just like what Steiner's go to thing. Um, <laughs> so thank you, thank you, Conrad Thompson. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So like you want to shave? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And then I, I think they had mentioned like dyeing my hair blonde and I was like, yeah, cool. Like, I, I had nothing. I, I was doing nothing on television. I had no, nothing. Like, I was almost in, I was, I would almost lose my job. And so, like, this kind of saved it and actually elevated me up a bit. Like, this is how you take a guy that's a struggling star or a struggling, you know, wrestler. And yeah, Steiner gave me the rub with that. But say they did the exact same thing with Steiner and AJ Styles. That wouldn't make sense because AJ is already like their guy, a made guy. You wouldn't do that to a made guy, you know. And like, look at like Jay Lethal. He started doing the Black Machismo character, which is a ripoff of like uh, Macho Man, and that worked for him. And that elevated him. So sometimes it works with AJ. You don't. AJ didn't need it. You do that with somebody else that like actually needs it. So I mean, that's that's my take on it. So then you disappear. You go into off TV into the oblivion. Some people would assume they put you in a box and put you away and never to be seen again until I guess towards the end of their run. You said you showed up via text with me kind of towards the end of that, I believe, right? Or for a few months uh, somewhere. What 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 year are we talking now? It Is was this after I between twenty ten uh, and twenty thirteen. Yeah, so I, I believe I went back and this is when uh, I think Bruce was working there, I believe. Um, they called me back in 2013. Actually, D'Lo had called me. Um, Brown? I think, yeah, D'Lo Brown. Yeah, okay. he was an agent at the time. And I think Alex Shelley was like, hey, you know, they were talking about using you. Is it okay if D'Lo gives you a call? I'm like, yeah, sure. And D'Lo called me. It was like, it, it was almost like December of 2012. And then they're like, hey, you know, we got this one night only pay-per-views that we're starting to do in 2013. Do you want to come in? I'm like, sure. So in January, I was there, did some one night only pay-per-views and then uh, did nothing for a few months. And then they called me back like for 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 TV. And um, it was just totally different there. And you know, I mean, it was like 
I, I was just, you know, having fun being back there. That was the Hulk Hogan era and all that kind of stuff. And I've told many stories about that. And it, it was just, it was different. It wasn't the, the TNA I had remembered. Um, what, what kind of change in AJ's personality did you see when you came back then for those few months? With me? Yeah. Uh, just none. Gen- I mean, maybe at, just at in none. general. I think he was feuding with, uh, who was he feuding with? You know, I think he was a heel. Because I think all this Ric Flair stuff had already happened. That that Ric Flair stuff happened when I wasn't with the company. It was between 2010 and 2012. I don't know. Um, but when I came back, uh, Flair wasn't there anymore. And AJ was a heel. And I remember, um, I don't know if he joined the Aces and Eights or what, or if they were trying to get him to. And then I just, I just remember uh, sitting back not backstage i was kind of peeking through a curtain we were in stadium so i was like in one of the like i don't know if you call them like tunnels or vestibule whatever you want to call it and i knew aj you know they wrote in the script that aj is going to turn back babyface, and i just remember him kind of like doing the turn like turning on the aces and eights and stuff who were like big time heels at the time and uh the crowd like was really into it and i want to say I don't know if it was the same taping, but it was really cool. Like the Destination X, um, not pay-per-view, but uh, special. That's when Chris Saban won the heavyweight title. He cashed in on, on Bully Ray and won the heavyweight title. Like he, he did the option C with the X Division title. So that was cool. I got to be there for that, too. So a lot of cool stuff happened in that summer that I was uh, I was back for a little bit. Did Was there any change with AJ with the boys in the back from... From then to now, maybe you saw the pressure, some cracks. Was he short, or was he just the same AJ Styles he always was? He was the to me the same AJ Styles. Like I remember, (laughs) AJ's really into video games. All right, and like I just remember him always playing them backstage and stuff like that. It's it's I I remember uh, one time we in Orlando. Uh, back you know when i was still under contract and stuff uh, and this was probably back in like 2005 there was like some sort of nba game or something and it was on uh it was on he had his gamecube with him so that that dates you like get back when people oh, used to oh, yeah. play gamecube all right so he brings that he's playing it me and sanjay are there whoever saban i don't know and uh i don't tell him that i have the same game for like playstation 2 don't tell him and so I'm playing them and AJ's like really good at video games. And I started, I started beating them like pretty bad. Like I'm, I'm blocking his shots and all that kind of stuff. I was good at it. I remember I didn't tell him and he was getting upset, man. Like I've heated, like if you want to get AJ upset, you beat him at video games. Um, I don't know if he's still like that, but that, that would get him upset. And, uh, I remember, you know, GameCube was like a, like a disc, right. Mm-hmm. And, he was getting so upset, like he started like slapping the desk that the GameCube was sitting on, and I'm just still like scoring points on him, just just killing him, blocking all his shots and stuff. And then at one point, like he got so frustrated, he hit the desk so hard that the GameCube like bounced, and you could tell he was trying to make the game skip so that it would freeze and I wouldn't end up beating him. But it didn't work. The game just kept on going, and I, I destroyed him and. That was like the one time I beat AJ because I don't really play video games, but I just I had that video game. Um, so whenever you see AJ backstage, I mean, he does his job and stuff like that. Like he, he'll get to the show. 
Um, you know, and usually, and you've been to our TV tapings, Dennis, so you know, like when one. you get there, they do the production meeting and then they get everything squared away. Then they start finding people and they tell you what you're going to do. And like, yeah, we'll meet at the ring at like three o'clock or whatever. They give you time frames, all that kind of stuff. This is what you have going on. So AJ would get everything he has going on, know what his time frame for his day would look like. So he knew how much video games he got to play when he got there. And that's what he would do. Um, and you know, house shows were even worse because man, you know, I'd be first match, let's say, and he'd be the main event and he'd still be playing video games. Like during the first match, like he's just like, you gotta get his video game time in, you know? So, um, but you know, his demeanor has not changed. He's always been like that, you know, the, the video games. So, um, I haven't seen any change in him. I, I can't say that I have. Oh, th- that's interesting. I just thought I'd ask you about that since, for, for a while, you guys were probably, can I use the word, unseparable? No, that, you, you cannot use the word because, like, even though at one point when we were feuding with each other, we were married with married to each other, you know, travel with each other, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, his group of friends, they called, um, it, it's this is backstage stuff. So his group of friends that we would call the triad, it was uh, him, uh, Chris Daniels, Samoa Joe and Frank Gazarian. Okay. And then they called us the Z boys. Um, and that was like, and we had even track suits made like with Z boys on it and stuff like that. Like we, we went pretty far with these, these like gangs that we were in. Um, and it was like, you know, me, Sanjay, uh, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, uh, Jay lethal. Um, I think that was like the primary starting group. Like we had the track suits kind of deal. Um, so we, we were in two separate groups and we like feuded backstage with each other. Like who's the better group and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's all just for fun, all that kind of stuff. So no, we weren't inseparable at all. Do you still have the tracksuit? Yes. Uh, I actually wore it to one of the TV tapings like in, I don't know, August or November or something like that. And then Sanjay, like, laughed because on uh, in the track it's like an uh, an adidas tracksuit it has the z boys logo on like one of the thighs and on the back it has your number with your with your name like your your last name on there and uh and that's on the jacket and sanjay sees it and he's like he just laughs he's like man that's awesome i'm like hey you still got yours he's like of course i do so i mean we we all still got them we even got like matching shoes and all that kind of stuff we went all out that one time and then we just wanted to do it because we wanted to roll up on them, like you know the the jets and the sharks. Like, hey, we're all in our tracksuits rolling up on the triad. Like, we legit had a backstage like feud with them. Wow. Yeah. Really. All in good fun, though. All in uh, good fun, man. It was just it was it was all in good fun. Can can we get a picture of you in your tracksuit? Um. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I that's something I want to see. Hey, before we yeah. continue with the podcast, I just want to throw it out here. I posted on social media this week. We are doing a bonus episode this week of the Wrestling Perspective podcast with you and myself. You are you're like a gamer, by the way. You will be post surgery. You will yep. you will be mending. You're gonna put the cans on, get the mic, and you and I will interview David Arquette. Yes, we will. I, I mean, I won't miss it. Surgery can't even stop me. So, uh, yeah, this is going to happen. I don't care if I am 
hopped up on whatever medications they give me or if I'm in a lot of pain, I am going to you know, pull through it and we're going to do this, Dennis. We're, we're in the circle of trust, right? The treehouse of truth. Sure. Where are we going with this? Can I be open with you for a second? Sure. Ready to Rumble might be one of my favorite wrestling movies. Like, I think it's better than The Wrestler. Um, A different different type of better. Um, But when it comes to, like, a a, a comedy, it was the first of its kind. I've never – there's never been, uh, like, a wrestling – no holds barred, but, like, you know, Hulk Hogan didn't use his Hulk Hogan name. Um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But Rudder the Rumble, it had like WCW guys in there. Like they were using their names. It was based on the WCW Nitro show. I, I've probably seen the movie 30 times, probably more. Easily. Like, it, it was one of my absolute favorites. I, I loved it, man. I mean, I was, you know, like a teenager, I think, when it came out, maybe a little bit old. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I loved that movie. And he was in it, and you know he played a like what a cop in it, like no, that was no, going to no. be his character. That well, that was going to be his character. character. Yes, his dad wanted him to be a cop. Yeah, and then he came. He's like, I am the law. Like, uh, I mean, I thought that was kind of hokey, but still, like the whole well, man it was meant well, to be. I love the movie. Still, still great, kids. If you've not seen it, and you've only heard of the legends of Sting and Diamond Dallas Page and Goldberg, you can actually see them in their acting prime. I don't know if that's their acting prime, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's great. The wrestler was really good. Like, it was cool seeing like guys that I I know and wrestle with, like in that movie and stuff. And that was more of a drama, totally different, like uh, type of, it's just totally different. Um, can, can I tell you? Another but truth? ready to rumble. What's up? Can I tell you another truth? The Treehouse of Truth and the trust road of friendship and stuff. Mm. I've never actually seen the wrestler. I was just trying to be cool and give it a comparison. Never seen it. You know that's that's interesting. You say that because it took me a while to watch it because other actual professional wrestlers that I wrestle with watched it and they said it was really depressing. Probably because it's like, are they thinking like that's going to be my life when I'm older? Because it's almost like a down like a, like a guy that is like kind of like at, at the end of his career and stuff like that and kind of just kind of scraping by and doesn't you know, like works in i can't remember where he works like in a meat market but then he wrestles trying to relive his glory days all that kind of stuff and i'm like man that kind of sounds like all of us after we're like done like when we're older and we we, we aren't like on tv anymore and all that kind of stuff trying to relive our glory days like that sounds depressing so i put it off for a very long time and then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, that, that's a good movie. But I could totally see, like, how, how wrestlers would feel depressed watching that. Here's another thing I want to bring up to you before we start talking about this week's impact, or just a little bit of the highlights. I, I recently interviewed Eric Bischoff with James Ellsworth on the DuckCast. By the way, you, awesome. can, you can get it on the same feed. Uh, very interesting guy. he's one of those guys you truly know, uh, you know, loves himself. Not a knock on him, but he's Eric Bischoff is Eric Bischoff's, you know, uh, probably favorite fan. And I love Eric Bischoff. I grew up a WCW guy. Talking with him was really interesting because we covered some of the Hall of Fame. 
We talked. Okay. We talked a little bit about Sun. Were you there when the Sun was there? Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I, I got along with him very well. Um. He was in like the aces and eights and stuff like that. So yeah, I was there because I was there when Bischoff was there. Um. Uh. I, I don't know what Bischoff's job was. I don't know if like he was head of like I didn't really know what anybody's job was in the office at that point. Um. Because I was so out of touch with it, I knew. Dilo was the guy that called me the first time. Al Snow, I don't know if he was like talent relations director. He was the guy that would email me to like uh, continuously book me. Um, I have no idea what Bischoff's actual role with the company was. So this has um, nothing. Yes, to do but with I was there. This has nothing to do with any of that. But okay. we we were talking about the state of independent wrestling right now, and mm-hmm. how you don't see history until it's over and what the young bucks are doing what new japan is doing what impact is doing may not be brand new but it's making history right now kind of banding the independence over i had said chris jericho would be the grandfather of this movement because of what he's been doing but over the last couple days i had time to reflect on that And I wonder that maybe Chris Jericho might be the most famous person doing this. But one guy on the independent scenes who has almost rejuvenated his career and may not be getting the props he deserves for what's going on is Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. um... Think about this now. House of Hardcore. He... He basically brought wrestling to Twitch, which everybody is doing now. He yep. has built that brand up from basically a indie company to a web-based company that is doing just as good as some television wrestling companies. Maybe even Ring of Honor. I don't know what they do on a weekly basis. Tommy Dreamer is also involved with Lucha Underground. He's on their season, are they on season four now. I believe so. Tommy Dreamer was on this week's episode of Impact. He's involved with yes. Impact. Tommy Dreamer has has his fingers in so many different pies right now, but yet he isn't getting and not that he's probably out there wanting it. From everything I hear and see, he's he might not be the guy that wants that. But as a yeah. fan point of view, sitting back thinking about this, Tommy Dreamer might have more of an impact right now. Than Chris Jericho. Um, I don't know if I. You hit the nail on the head when you said Jericho is the most like uh, famous. I guess you could, if you want to call it like, he's call it the, that. He's going to be the grandfather of this movement. Yeah, I mean, he'll he'll his name will get pegged along with it. Do, do I feel like this movement would have been successful without Jericho? Yes, I mean, Bullet Club and all that were doing all fine. Um, and then Jericho came in and went, what did he first do? Attacked Kenny Omega. So, I mean, he kind of, he kind of put himself into it and it's definitely helping them. And now he's got one of their title belts. So, um, yeah. And you gotta remember Jericho's like multiple time champions everywhere, all that kind of stuff. Um, dreamers claim to fame was obviously, you know, he was like the face of ECW, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Tommy. And I've said that before, like Tommy's doing, like he has his hand in everything. I even saw like a thing that ESPN did on him and his house of hardcore and all that kind of stuff. So, um, he, he has a lot of connections. 
uh, in a lot of places and his, uh, daughters were even on the Sopranos. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's, uh, um, I, I think he's doing it right. Would you say he has more of an impact with this movement than Chris Jericho? Now, Chris Jericho has made the most of his opportunities and is by far the face of this movement. But as far as impact goes, and and not via fans, but maybe bringing things together, uh, making it work, could he have more of an impact? Well, here's the thing. Jericho, where did Jericho just show up? New Japan. New Japan, that's it. Right. I mean, he hasn't right. really been anywhere else, but New Japan's like the biggest company in Japan, obviously. Um, and he's worked there before and all that um, back in the day. And Tommy's trying to get his hands in a little bit of everything. And, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, I don't know who's winning with this because it's almost like comparing apples and oranges because they're both doing two different things. Um, Jericho's pretty much just working for one company. Okay. However, if Jericho ends up showing up somewhere else, whether it be Impact, Ring of Honor, whatever, then I would say Jericho is definitely winning this one. Right now, I mean, it's it's. I don't I don't feel like it's comparable. I, I really don't, just because they're doing two separate things. I'm not sure the Eddie Edwards Sammy Callahan rivalry would have had this kind of longevity if not for him being involved in it. Um, so yes, long, long you are then. correct. You are correct because, um, when it, when it first played out, uh, the, the match, I'm trying to think of the match, like Tommy was teaming up with Eddie and I don't know if it was Moose against the, the OV guys. And you know, the, the main part of that feud was, uh, you know, Sammy and Eddie. And then when it turned out so well, you know, especially Tommy, like t- Tommy, when he has his hand in something, like the the drama is there. He can make things happen. Like if, if yeah, you're right. If Tommy wasn't in that storyline, I don't think that it would have had the impact it had on Eddie Edwards. I agree, and I, I think I think you know the office knows that and stuff like that, and that's why they decided, you know, like and that's why you're seeing what you saw in Impact today. Like you know, Tommy and Eddie, it looks like. This stuff's going on. It's going moving towards Tommy and Eddie, and and that's the way we wrote it because we know, you know, Tommy in this match. There's going to be more. It's with Tommy. It's not a wrestling match, right? It's like it's an emotional like match. It's more than just a wrestling match. Like you're going to feel the emotion. Whatever happens during the match, even after the match, the fans will be emotional about it whether you want them to like cry cheer laugh whatever that's what's going to happen what they you know what tommy wants to happen so he has the emotion and you know I, i've been in the ring with him like the fans are just like and when you are at that house of hardcore the fans are just emotionally connected to tommy and he just he can bring it out in the fans and that's why he's so great and yeah you're absolutely right dennis like this i don't think the feud would have been as successful if Tommy wasn't involved in it, it would have been successful, but Tommy's like the cherry on top. Let's talk about this week's episode of impact. These are from the April, I believe tapings, right? Still. Yes. They're still from the April tapings, um, airing in June, two months later. So, uh, I don't know. I think we're getting close to the end. What is it? Uh, 
I think we have maybe one more. Uh, maybe next week may be another Orlando um, one that we already taped in April. And then we're going to be getting close to the Windsor ones. So um, for the fans, we're, we're getting pretty. For the fans watching on TV, please stick in there and watch this. Not that you know each week the numbers have been amazing. The fan pace, the interaction on Twitter, the Twitter account has been on fire. So I don't have to beg you, but to watch the heat from the crowd, from the Windsor tapings, it will it will rejuvenate the television product on pop. Yeah, you're going to see that. And we've talked about this last podcast. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. So, um, you know, it's just there, there's been so many comments us backstage. We're like, you know, imagine if we were filming in front of this, cla- this you know, this Windsor crowd, this hot crowd, when we were trying to build this character and this character, how much more impactful it would have been and all that stuff. So um, you're going to you're going to see you're, you'll see a lot of things at the, the tapings. I know, like the opening segment on this this week's episode of Impact, like. We had some rewrites to do, obviously, and we knew we wanted to go somewhere with the Eddie and Tommy thing, and we didn't know how we were going to get there. And I remember, like, we we wrote this out like the the night before, and we were trying to figure out. And I had mentioned, you know, let's do something like this, and then and then how you end up seeing it uh, and how it played on Impact is, is you know, that, that's what we ended up deciding on. And I think it turned out very very well, and. Uh, you know, with Eddie hitting Tommy at the end and stuff like that. It's just, I, I would have liked to have seen that in front of like that Windsor crowd to see how they would have reacted. But, you know, I'm excited for this ongoing feud. Like it's a really hot feud right now. And Eddie Edwards, like his, his character right now is, uh, it's on fire. I mean, I, I, I love it. I love watching it and I just, to see the evolution of it. I, I can't wait for everybody to see, how this ends up playing out. It's going to be great. We have seen maybe the split of Fala and KM. Uh, you know, well, that's, yeah, it, that, here's another like behind the scenes type thing. I remember, uh, I was, uh, I was the agent for this match and, uh, um, against Trevor and, and Caleb and they're going through it. And man, they just, they just, they had the crowd, the Orlando crowd. Okay. Which is kind of like, you know, already drained for the set of the tapings and, uh, you know, but the, the crowd was into Fala and KM and then even the office, like the, the guys, the agents and all the office members and management, they love, they love the, the dynamic of this, this duo. And I remember sitting on the headset and the was like, man, I kind of don't want to split them up. And Sanjay was like, well, let me know now. And we'll, we'll, we'll buzz the ref to like, tell them not to do the, the post segment thing where they, you know, hit each other. I can't remember what they end up doing. I know Kim walks out on him. It's a push and he knocks follow over. And then he walks out. Right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, we're like, I oh, tell him. And I'm like on heads. I'm like, well, do I have to relay something? Like, but we just played it out. And you know, we said like, man, it's, it's professional wrestling. I'm like, the next set of tapings, you know, we could do something to make them get back together. And I, the, and this isn't a spoiler, okay? Because if uh, I guess it is kind of a spoiler, uh, and I don't really know how we got back. They get back together or whatever. But at our next set of tapings, they're they're together again. Um, and it is it is what it is. But they're man, they're they're. I, I love their pre-tape segments, and I just 
it, it just it brings life to both of them. And the thing is with with Fala, his character doesn't really speak. He says "bah" and that's it, and hits. So he almost needs like a mouthpiece to kind of, you know, be with him. I would say to kind of elevate his character even more. Um, and Cam's great. Like Cam's a great talker and stuff like that. And I think it's a good, like a good team. Well, T Romeo seven eighteen says Impact Wrestling needs to repackage Fala. And as a serious monster, like a Yokozuma type character, and give him a, was it Gamma Singh to be his version of Mr. Yep. Fuji. Do you agree that he would work that way? Now, I'll be honest. The only thing of follow I've seen is this face stuff, and it's phenomenal. I don't know if I could see him as a monster heel. Yeah, he could, he could do it. If we were to do it the Yokozuna route and stuff like that, um... But yeah, I mean, he is kind of like a eh, a semi comedy character because he goes, he hits himself in the head and says "bah," and people love that. And he says "no, no, no," and people love that. So he has like a he's more of like a Rikishi type character rather than a Yokozuna type character. So it's whatever way you want to do with it. Uh, repackaging him and putting him with Gama Singh, who's Indian. First off, like he's not like. Japanese or anything like like Mr. Fuji or whatever, um, so that's kind of weird. Uh, that, but I see what he's trying to say. You know, put him with a heel type of manager. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that if you want to go. If you want to go that route, make him like that heel uh, monster, like Yokozuna was. Right now, we kind of have him like uh, more of like a Rikishi type character. So, but there's options. Call me Nikia says every night I get on my knees and pray, dear Lord. Hear my pleas. Don't let the WWE take Eli Drake or we will surely die. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, Eli's going to be fine wherever he is. Um, It doesn't matter. Man, it's almost like we're beating this to death. We already said Eli's like, he's cool. Eli's You know, good looking dude, good build. You know, he's super athletic, great worker. I mean, he's got it all, and he'll be fine wherever he goes. If he, if he stays with Impact, he'll do great. If he goes to WWE, he'll do great. Um, anywhere in the world, he'd be totally fine. Let's talk about Moose, because I don't know where you come in in his progression in the wrestling ring, but where was he from what you can remember when he first when you first came back to the company to where he is now? Um, I mean, he was hot when I came back to the company. He was hot in August. Um, people liked him. He did the moose, you know, thing and people would chant moose. I remember, did you go with me to that ring of honor show? And he was on it. Um, cause he used to work for ring of honor doing the same moose thing. Um, I don't remember a lot cause we didn't watch a lot. We ended up hanging out backstage yeah. and then we talked to, uh, what's his name? Brown. Uh, Monty Brown for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, Monty. Yeah, that's right. It might have been another uh, – it might have been uh, the year before when I went to that Ring of Honor show. Uh, when, but anyways, yeah, he was with Ring of Honor before. But yeah, he's 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 always been a hot character. I mean people you know, are always chanting Moose and stuff. That's what's great about having a name like that, Moose. And you know, I tell you – and I, I mean I don't even know if I should bring this up. But uh, we did a one-night-only uh, pay-per-view 
And you, you got to look this one up. I think it was filmed at the beginning of March. Um, and I, so I think it aired more towards the end of March, and that was in Windsor. And Moose had to wrestle Joe Doring from All Japan. And Joe, you know, doesn't have the best memory in the ring, so Moose is calling all this stuff. And Joe, and I watched the match. It, it, was, it was a really bad match. I'll be straight up. I don't usually say matches are bad. But Joe looked kind of like lost in there like he was i I don't know but you could tell moose was like working his tail off in this match like you could totally tell like moose had it and joe was like oh what are we doing next like deer and headlights kind of deal and i i thought because i probably started watching the match uh 30 seconds to a minute into the match and i'm like what's wrong with joe did he get like knocked loopy or something like that but no you know he was just having a, a bad day but moose worked really well and tried to carry him through uh that match so moose moose has come a long way for like a professional football player he's a former professional football player he's doing very well in the professional wrestling world Uh, i was blown away with the way he carries himself very nice guy backstage i saw him cut a promo live way different than a promo on tv i was really impressed i don't know if there's going to be any editing that will need to be done with any of his promos. I generally found myself really interested in him, the angle where they're going now with Austin Aries. Yep. And that right now might be the second hottest storyline going in Impact. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't aired yet, so right now you'll see... And, and Impact kind of ruined it themselves because at the press conference they had, what was that, last it week would, or, yes. two, or two weeks well, ago? that's why we're talking about it. They already announced, yes. yeah, they already announced uh, Moose and uh, Austin, even though tonight is the number one contenders match with Eli and Moose. So obviously everybody knows Moose is going to win. Um, no surprise there. Uh, but they don't know how the – unless you were there in the arena or you read the spoilers, you don't know how this all plays out. But it's it, – it's really good, like how they built it up with, uh, you know, other people and stuff like that. So this is, this is a hot angle, and that's going to be a hot segment for the for the go home show for sure. I know I agree with you. That's 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 a hot angle. Yeah, that's to, to me. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I like what they've done, and what you know. Here's another thing I wanted to ask you: Why doesn't Impact deliver their own spoilers? And hear me out before you say anything. You're letting people in the stands or the crowd tweet out stuff and ruin it for everybody. Then the websites pick it up, turn it into articles, and get their own hits. Why wouldn't Impact just stay ahead of the crowd and become their own news generator? I'm asking Petey Uh. Williams this question they do it sometimes i believe when austin aries came back uh and beat eli drake in like whatever 30 seconds or whatever for the title i think they tweeted uh their own spoiler because they wanted to be the ones that broke kind of tweeted that probably because so people are like oh impact austin aries is there you know and, and get so when they feel like it's a relevant time to do it they do it um other things like you know uh, we have an impact taping. No super surprises are there. Um, okay. Like, like for example, Joe Hendry, right? 
he hasn't showed up on our TV show yet, but Impact announced that Joe will be at our Impact taping. Same thing with uh, Rich Swan. Rich Swan hasn't been on our television show as it aired yet, but Impact um, announced, hey, Rich Swan's going to be at our TV taping. So they announce things that they feel are like, hey, we want to be the first ones for the surprise. So you come, you know, look at our website and we get the hits for it. So they do do it. It's just, you know, they pick and choose what they want to spoil. Okay, that makes sense. I just was wondering about that. All right, Pete, let's wrap this up. We have a whole nother podcast to do uh, Saturday night. Not trying to date the podcast, but the David Arquette. Remember, if you want to be a part of it, go to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. There's a contact us. You can leave a question for David or myself or any of the podcasts. Just shoot an email over there, and we'll make sure it gets uh, read on the correct podcast. PD, you don't have any dates coming up. Uh, Slammiversary tapings and then television tapings right after that, right? Yep, I'm uh, staying uh, strictly with some Impact stuff right now um, so I can get all my other affairs in order. So that's where... And that's that's going to be a huge man. Did you see the promos for this? Yeah, I can't remember what the arena is called, but man, it looks like a like a giant like rave type party in that complex. I'm like, geez, I'm I'm excited to go. I'm like, is this how it's going to be? So, um, man, I'm I'm looking forward to Slammiversary for sure. I'm trying to find someone that'll uh, take me there. Uh, you could come with me. Can I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Did you like my? Surprise? You give me my plus one. Aww. Did you, uh, R- did you go ahead and RSVP for us? Absolutely not. Absolutely not yet. Oh. But I will. Okay. <laughs> PD, where can people find you online? On Twitter at IPDWilliams. You can follow me at Dennis77Farrell. Uh, remember, head over to ImpactWrestling.com. We don't really promote their stuff too much, but you know, we're feeling generous. So go over to impactwrestling.com. They've got an app where you can watch all of the, I believe, old stuff from the uh, TNA and Impact days. And is it nine or ten days after it airs on TV, it shows up on the app? Yeah, uh, I think it's the contract is ten days. So after, so ten days from now, you can watch this week's Impact on the app if you don't catch it now. Which was recorded back in April. <laughs> 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 it's so it's almost like a paradox of time travel right now. That's so, right. Yeah. You're you're watching something back in time, back in time. 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 In the future. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, guys, it's this week's Wrestling Perspective Podcast. Pete, let's put the lid on this. This was a good show, I think. Yeah, this is this is great. I had, I had a fun time, Dennis. Thanks for talking. Oh, uh, Hey, thanks, man. Hopefully you'll come back to my podcast sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. I'll be here next week. How about that? There we go. Wrestling Perspective, guys. See ya. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.